Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church to make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. We're starting a new series today, and it's on love. Everybody say love. (laughs) Uh, Such a powerful word. We're going to start today with the first part of the series on the topic of loving me. Everybody say loving me. And I want to start off dispelling a myth. Sometimes it's present in the church, and the myth is that self-love is selfish. You have to deny yourself. So we could get to the point where we think that loving myself is selfish. But it's impossible to love someone until you learn how to love yourself. You can't treat somebody nice if you're treating yourself bad. Sometimes we don't realize why we treat other people nasty. And sometimes it's because you, don't, you haven't learned how to love yourself. That myth is totally anti-biblical. Because God commands us to love each other in the same way that we love ourselves. And obviously, we know that God doesn't want us to love others poorly. So if God wants us to love others in a big way, then we have to learn how to love ourselves the same way. Obviously, this is one of those topics that it's a little bit difficult to teach in the church and to preach about. Because last week, we were talking about taking up our own cross. You guys remember? Yeah. Take up your own cross. Follow Jesus. Deny yourself. Kill yourself to live by God. God lives through me. I, don't, I no longer live. And, and all this kind of conflicts. Well, how am I supposed to love myself if I'm supposed to deny myself? Go with me to Colossians. That's where we're going to get started today. And we're going to read his words, which are always life unto us. Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 10. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. And the Word of God says this. So put to death. Everybody say Put to death. In the area of uh, so many Netflix series on zombie apocalypse. When the Bible says put to death, that means that it dies and it doesn't come back to life, right? Just, just making that clear. When the Bible tells you kill something, it means like, hey, listen, it's not going to come back to life. And what is it telling us to kill? Well, it's, it's saying put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Look at the person close to you and, and tell them, there's, there's weird things lurking inside of me. Uh-huh. That's what the author's trying to say. Put to death those sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality. I don't know why, but the Bible always, every time it gives you a list of things, first thing it tells you is be careful of sexual immorality. Things that are sexual in nature, not in agreement with God's word. Impurity lust and evil desires and then it says don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world because of these sins the anger of God is coming you used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world but now is the time to get rid of and he continues to list other things anger get rid of rage malicious behavior slander Dirty language. Hello. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. So now put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn 
to know your creator and become like him. Everybody say, my mission in life is to become more like Jesus. Right there, in a nutshell, all right? If you were uh, kind of doubting what your mission in life is, right there, become more like Jesus. All right? So I, I want you to see this. It's saying, um, well, do you have a tendency to lie? Do you have a tendency to lie? Even little white lies to just get out of things? Well, deny yourself. What Colossians is trying to teach you here, or teach us, is do you have sexual immoral tendencies? Deny yourself. Say no to yourself. Deny yourself and do what God calls you to do. Do you have tendencies to gossip or talk bad about people or bad about others? Deny yourself. When you get the urge, ah, no. Spirit of self-control. Deny yourself. Do you have a tendency to covet? Sometimes we don't talk about this and say, man, I, I wish my life was like this guy. I deserve it more. I go to church. I tithe. Why, why isn't my life, why can't I be driving that car? Why can't I be living here? Why can my life have been different? Sometimes we covet um, somebody's marriage. Why can't my marriage be like this person? So Apostle Paul saying, deny yourself. So in the entire New Testament, there's a total of 54 for one another's. 54 for one another's in the entire New Testament. And they all have to do with self-denial. For example, love one another. Have you guys ever read that? The Bible, right? Love one another. That's one of them. Forgive one another. Don't lie to one another. Pray for one another. 54 of them in total. And what these do is they shape us and they teach us how we should treat others. And they all have to do with one thing. It has to do with denying yourself. Everybody was say denying myself. It's not thinking about me, thinking about others first. So if we're talking about loving me, so what do we do with this whole concept? How should I love myself? How should I see myself? Because how I love others depends wholly on how I love myself. The Bible is not telling us that we have to hate each other, even though there's a part in the Bible that says, he who doesn't hate his parents, his family. But what it's talking about is in comparison to the things of the kingdom, we need to have everything else in way out there in a secondary position, right? But I want to talk a little bit about this self-love. And I want you to understand that you are a person and you have your own identity and you have what makes you unique. Every single person is different, right? Every single person is different. The Bible tells us that God formed us and we were in God's plans and he shaped us and he prepared us for, and he gave us a personality and he gave us giftings and he gave us talents and he equipped us. He wired us a certain way because there was a purpose in what he was doing. So I want you to know this, you and only you are you. You and only you are you. Sometimes we try to imitate. We try to, you know, try to go with the flow and see what other people are doing, but you and only you are you. You are unique. So we all have something given by God divinely. God prepared and wired us a certain way, and that is a little bit of a, who we are today, but also we've had experiences. Everybody say experiences. We've gone through stuff. Raise your hand if you've gone through stuff in your life. Every single one of us, we have a story. 
And we can spend a long time talking about the stuff that has shaped us into who we are. So who we are right now, who you are right there sitting in your seat, has a lot to do with what you've experienced. It has a lot to do also with how God put you together. And these things combine to create what you are, you and I are today. So how do we deal with ourselves? There's, there's three different ways, and this is a, a little bit of psychology, and then we'll get into the Word of God, but uh, how we interact with ourselves, there's different ways. For example, sometimes we try to avoid ourselves. When our past is really black, when we really don't like who we are or, or the things that we've been through, we just try to block it out. Like if, like if that never even happened. We avoid ourselves, our true self. We don't like who we are from past experience, so we avoid ourselves. Another way is we adapt ourselves. Everybody say, we adapt. And what this means is that, well, I don't like who I am, but I can adapt and I can project an image of me of what I think you are acceptable, acceptant of, right? So maybe I'm not strong, but I'm going to project myself as strong. And we try to project our ways to please other people. And in doing that, we adapt ourselves based on what other people want us to be. All right? I don't like who I am, but I'm going to pretend that I'm strong. And here we go through life wearing these masks, and we don't even know who we are. The most popular and destructive is accept ourselves it's when we accept certain things of ourselves and this goes two ways and I want to talk about one extreme like one extreme of accepting yourself is mental illness and I'm not doing this to poke fun or anything actually hopefully it breaks your heart because there's people in our world and close to you that actually are going through things like this maybe not like this example that I'm going to share but they're, going, they're accepting certain things in their life that are not normal. For example, I saw online that there's a 20-year-old girl that she thinks she's a cat. When she was little, she was told she was a cat, and this girl thinks she's a cat. 20 years old. So she hisses at dogs when she sees dogs. She walks in all four. When she gets ready to drink water, she laps water from the cup, just like a cat gets on her fore with her tongue on a plate. She is mentally ill. But here's the thing. Nobody can tell her that because she has accepted herself. She has convinced herself that she is not human, that she is a cat. Now, this is an extreme situation. I know you don't see those. I mean, when you hear about this, it's news, right? It's not common. But there's a, also... There's uh, something that we deal with when it comes to accepting ourselves that it's more common. And I'm sure you guys have heard or maybe even used this phrase, that's just who I am. Or this is just how I roll. This is, how, this is who I am. This is me. And we use this phrase sometimes to justify staying stuck in the same place where we are. So my goal today is to just stop these three destructive ways of seeing ourselves and just to accept the grace of God. I want you to understand that God has given us grace so that we can accept ourselves and so that we could be transformed through a process. And, and I'm just going to share that with you in a little bit. It's, on, it's in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 23. And as you guys go to the book of the good book, as you guys go in the Bible to James 1, 23, I want to 
let, just let you know what this is about. You see, the context of what we're going to read now is James, and he's actually talking about the difference between just listening to the Word of God and obeying the Word of God, and how far apart, how destructive that gap could be. All right, everybody say listening and obeying. Or another passage such as doing, because it's two different worlds. I mean, it can't, the, the, it can't be far enough apart. One thing is to hear God's word, and that's part of what we do here, right? We come to church, and we hear God's word. When you read your Bible in your, home, in your house, when you pray, you try to listen from God. He still speaks, by the way, and, and we try to listen. But another total, totally different thing is to do or obey. So James 1, 23 talks a little bit about this. So I want to clear the air before that. I just want you to, I just want you to know that none, none of us fully listen to the Word of God and obey it. We all have a gap between what we hear. Okay, there's nobody here perfect. Am I right? All right, some people are just closer than others. And I think our mission in life is to be more like Jesus, like we just declared. So to be able to bridge that gap and make it closer but none of us here are, are right there on the middle like what we listen we do we all have work to do amen so why don't you tell the person next to you tell them we got work to do tell them we're on a mission we're getting there but we're still not there we still haven't arrived so without further ado James 1 says for if you listen to the word and don't obey it's like glancing at your face in the mirror how many of you guys checked out your mirror today before you left? Yeah? While putting on makeup, while brushing your hair, while jollying your hair, doing whatever you do? Anybody? All right. The rest of you guys didn't even look at the mirror. You too much in a hurry, right? How many of you guys pulled one of these out? Oh, I got to go. <laughs> just make sure there's nothing hanging, no boogers on my nose, right? Just make sure I look decent. Well, it's saying that when we listen to the word but don't obey, when we come to church on a day like this, or when we read the Bible and we just listen, but we don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. And 24 says, you see yourself, but you walk away and forget what you look like. Now, verse 25 says what we, sh what we should do. It says, but if you look carefully, how should we look, JTP Church? Carefully. If you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So it's talking about looking at yourself intently. Sometimes we read the Bible and we don't even know what we read. What in the world? Oh, I don't know. I, I read the Bible though. <laughs> and it's not about that. It's about how, man, it's, instead of reading three, five chapters, read just one verse. But let it shape you. Start thinking throughout the whole day. How can I apply this to myself? What is God trying to tell me? Because that's what looking intently into the mirror means. So this is what I'm going to do. And today may be a little bit uncomfortable. You probably thought you were going to come here and hear an encouraging word. But I'm going to challenge you today. As a matter of fact, I'm going I'm to challenge you to do something that may be very uncomfortable. Maybe incredibly brave to the point that... Maybe most of you aren't willing or won't be willing to do this. Are you guys ready? You sure? Okay, this is what I want you to do today. I want you to turn around 
and I want you to face yourself. I want you to turn around and face yourself. Oh, that's easy, pastor. Uh-huh, sure. Sometimes we have accepted certain things about ourselves and we don't even, we, we avoid them. Or we try to adapt and we, have, we play this part. It's funny how I see people play a part in church and then when I see their Instagrams and I see their TikToks, right? They're twerking, they'd be doing, right? It's funny, it's funny. Why? Because sometimes, sometimes it's hard to face ourselves and say, well, who am I really? Am I just doing this for fun? Or am, I, or am I really looking intently into the mirror? So I want you to stop for a second. I want you to stop for a second and be honest with yourself and say, God, I came here not to waste my time. What is that you want to talk to me about? What is it that you want to confront me about? Because in the end, remember, what we are, what we are all here for is to accept the grace of God. Bible says in John that he did not come to condemn the world. God did not come to condemn you. He came so that the world may be saved, so that you may be saved. Amen? So what James is trying to say here is that we have a tendency to be spiritually not self-aware. You understand? Sometimes we think, oh, I'm good with God. But we have a tendency because we look at the mirror, which is the word of God, the law of right, liberty. We looked at it just, just like we looked at it today when we were getting ready to come to church. Just really quick. But it says we have to look carefully. So sometimes because we don't look at the word of God the way we should, we have a different, we think we're better than we, what we are. So James is trying to tell us that, look, there's a difference between listening to the word and there's a difference between doing it. So my goal today is to be able to challenge you to stop these three destructive ways of seeing ourselves and to accept the grace of God for our lives. Amen? So he uses words like look carefully into the mirror. He uses words like in detail at ourselves. So we, we come to church and we could hear something and we could just look at ourselves really quickly and say, oh, pastor, I've done that. I know that. Check. I honor my parents. You know? I don't slam the doors at them. I don't do this. And we, oh, oh, I don't do that. And we check ourselves off because we just glance at the mirror just really quickly. And this passage is talking about how we sometimes justify ourselves and how we are sometimes not self-aware. So John, James teaches us that it is human nature. By human nature, we don't stop to look carefully. That's something that you have to tell yourself. And it's a habit that you have to just program yourself to do. That listen, I, I'm not doing this just because I have to or because Abuelita brought me to church and I have to read the Bible. It's the good thing to do. No, no. This is, this is for, for my future. This is for my calling, for my purpose in life. I need to look intently at the mirror because nothing's going to tell me who I really am or where I should be going or how I should be doing things than God who loved me so much that he gave his son Jesus Christ to die and take my place on the cross. So what do we do? We look intently and carefully at the mirror. When James refers to the perfect law, he's talking about the gospel. Everybody say the gospel. He's talking about the Bible, about looking at it very carefully. If you go to Romans 3.27, you can do that in your house, in your own time. Well, Apostle Paul calls it the law of faith. 
right? Because there was the law law, <laughs> the original law, which only bound and put, you know, burdens on people. But then came the, the perfect law, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the law of faith that Paul calls it. And it's something that shapes us. Look closely at the law of freedom. Look closely at the perfect law that brings freedom to your life and allow it to be shaped and, and allow yourself to be shaped and transformed by it. So I don't know how many of you guys have experienced this, but you, you go to the mall and you go, I don't think the dressers are open yet, but back pre-pandemic, when you used to go to the mall and you were able to try on clothes, you see, Big retail stores, they invest a whole lot of money in making sure that you like the way you look when you try on that dress or that pair of jeans. They invest in the lighting so that the lighting is perfect. They have these mirrors that make you lose about 10 pounds, right? And then you go and you try on your clothes and you're like, oh man, I look good in these. I really like how I look. I got to buy these. And then you get home and with your lighting in your bathroom, you try it on. You say like, wait, I didn't notice this. What's going on with this? What's, what is up? And sometimes that could, that could happen to us spiritually. And the good thing about the perfect law of God, the good thing about the Bible, is that there ain't going to be no mirrors telling you lies. There ain't going to be no special effects that are going to, oh, you're doing so good, when in reality you're not. Because it tells you the truth. And it confronts you, not for evil, but for bad. Because if you read the end of James 1.25, it says what? So God could bless you. You see, what is this law for? Sometimes people think that, you know, everything that God has in the Bible is to keep you from having fun. And it's totally the opposite. It's to protect you so you don't fall in the pit and mess up your life. And end up not loving yourself and messing and much less loving, not loving others. So the perfect law of God, when you look at the gospel of Jesus, it tells you the truth. And the gap between what you hear and what you live, you, you see you. So there's going to be times when you're going to look at God, you're going to look at his law, and then you're going to look at yourself and you're not going to like what you're going to see. And actually, I'd be doing my job today if that happens in many of you guys today, that you're sitting here and the Holy Spirit is talking to you and because you are looking attentively in detail to the mirror, which is God's word, God is actually tugging your heart and showing you, listen, I know you're not there yet, but you've got ways to go, but I'm here with you. I'm ready to push you to be everything that you can be because you are an influencer. But you got to start loving yourself. I got to start loving me before I can start loving others. I got to stop trying to play a part and trying to put on a mask so people could accept me because Jesus already accepted me. Jesus already died for me. He loved me so much that he gave a son for me. So I'm going to quit playing that game. And I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit to perfect me and to lead me so I can love myself. And in turn, then I can love other people. How many say amen? So when we read Colossians, just like we read minutes ago, of all the things we mentioned, you know, we mentioned uh, rage, uh, anger, sexual immorality. I bet that... There were some people here that when we were going through that list of all those things, you probably thought or your your mind got stuck on the worst one of those. 
And your natural instinct, your natural reaction was, I'm not that. Praise the Lord. I'm not that. That's not me. But I wonder how content you are with the life God has given you. Because that's another one on the list. And God doesn't categorize sins. doesn't categorize. God, God talks to you or talk to us in Colossians about greed. And he says, if you're covering a life, if you're like not content, and you're saying, man, I wish I had a different life. I wish I had more money. I wish I wouldn't, I'd be in a better position. I wish I'd be like her or like him. The Bible calls that greed. And that's the same thing as sexual immorality. As, as a matter of fact, when it talks in Colossians about greed, it says you're an idolater because you're worshiping other things, that that you don't have and that you want, that's your, that's your object of worship. So you're an idolater. So sometimes we go like, oh, it's like sexually immoral. Ah, no, I don't fornicate, I don't do this. Um, tell lies, no, I don't tell lies, I don't do this, I'm good in that area. But we don't realize that sometimes we covet. So are we looking intently into the mirror so God can speak to us? Or are we just brushing off the things that we already know and then we do? You see how this, how easily we can fall into the mistake and being conscious or not self-conscious of where we are spiritually? So it's easy to adapt, but sometimes it's so difficult to look into the law of liberty and allow his word to mold us. Why? Because that's painful. It's painful sometimes to say, look, God, I, I got a problem in this area. I'm greedy. Or I got a problem in this area. I, I, I have a problem with sexual immorality, with porn. I got a problem with this. I got a problem with that. I am constantly angry. I can't forgive. I, and whatever it is that God is trying to show you through his mirror today. See, when the mirror shows you something ugly, that's not condemnation. That's called the grace of God. Because God doesn't show you your flaws to laugh at you. He shows you your flaws so you can fix it because he wants to do, you to be everything that he called you to be. See, God knows who you are. God knows your purpose. God knows all the great things that he can do through your life when it's surrendered to Christ and when you learn how to love yourself. And once you learn how to love yourself, you don't need a mask. You don't need to be trying to be somebody that you're not to please other people because you're only in it to please one. And is God. How many say amen? Can we give him praise today? Amen. So this is how we are transform, transformed and we learn who we are as people. Learning who you are, looking at the law of freedom that the Bible talks about, makes you almost impervious to the pain of rejection and judgment. When you're living who God called you to be and you're, you're that person, you don't care what other people's opinion is. You know who you are. You are assured of that. I am a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm not perfect. But every day I take time to look into the mirror. Attently. In detail. To make sure that what God is speaking to me. I am adapting. And day by day I'm being transformed. And I look more like Jesus. How many are on the same mission in this place? Amen. That's why life groups are important. We have life groups here in JTP Church. And life groups are important in the life of every Christian because you have to have people in your life to whom you can give permission to correct you and snap you out of it when you're not conscious about who you are. 
I don't know how many of you guys have people that you've given permission to speak to you freely. Think about this. How many people in my life do I have that can, that I give them permission to come into my life and say, listen, you're acting up. What are you doing? I have noticed these tendencies and that's not you. Look what the word says. Come on, you're, you're, you're getting distracted. God loves you. Come on. And I love you too much not to say anything. So I don't know how many of you guys have given the opportunity for people to speak to you like that. Because sometimes we're like, oh no, I'll let the Lord speak to me. <laughs> but God uses people. And God puts people around you so that sometimes they could just put you back into place. They are God's servants. And the day of tomorrow, God's going to use you to put them into. And you know what? When you're mature about this, because sometimes we're not self-conscious. Sometimes we know the word. We could have been coming to church since we were kids. And we know the word, but we're just not conscious. We're not seeing that mirror carefully. We're not paying attention. So sometimes we need somebody to say, hey, have you checked the mirror lately? Have you seen yourself? Because what I see, it's probably not what you're seeing. Take some time and see because there's certain things that, and we all have to have people that can talk and speak into our lives like that. That's why life groups are important. They can be your portable mirror, right? Wherever you go, wherever you do life, your portable mirror. If you see me, stop congregating and stop coming to church. Ask me, hey man, I didn't see you on Friday for youth group. I didn't see you on Sunday. Everything okay? Can I pray for you? No, nah, man, it's just that. I'm going through this. Well, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you and get back up, man, because the way, the way you're going to get back up and you're going to confront the situation that you're going through right now, it's not by letting go of God. It's by grabbing him more tightly. So come on, I'm going to help you. Let's pray. Or if you see my attitude, if you see any tendencies in my attitude that's been changing, don't stay silent. Talk to me. Tell me. We can't escape or avoid looking closely in the mirror. So our, our tendency sometimes as people is just to pass through the mirror. And maybe you came here like that today. You say, let's see what God's going to tell me. And you were just ready and programmed just to see a little glimpse of, you know, who I am and see what God tells me and uh, pass fast. But today God confronted you. And my prayer is that all of you, not just some of you, but all of you will be brave to confront and face yourselves today and say, listen, am I looking into the mirror intently? Or am I just, you know, playing church and, and I'm not being transformed week in and week out? Is God really speaking to me? Am I letting God do and operate his work in me so that I could love others? So the person who perseveres, I'm finishing up, Looking carefully at the law of freedom loves him or herself in such a way that they don't have to adapt. They don't have to avoid or pretend to be somebody they're not or appear to be something that they're not because God has not finished the work in them. Someone once said, loving yourself is not vanity. It's healing. It's healing. But when you do it correctly. So the person who perseveres Looking carefully at the law of freedom, loves himself in such a way that they don't have to adapt. So how has a church now, how can we fulfill our mission as a church to influence? We're called to influence this year. 
not hundreds. I believe that God has called us to influence thousands. How many of you believe that? Yeah? Influence a lot of people. How can we do that? How can we influence people so that they know that Jesus lives and Jesus wants to know them personally and that there's grace available for them? Well, looking closely into the mirror of his word. Looking closely. Because like this, the narcissist who is way up here and thinks he's all that and thinks he knows everything, when he starts looking into the mirror, or she, all of a sudden, uh, the Holy Spirit starts ministering to that person and says, well, maybe I'm not all that that I think I am. And humility starts coming into their heart till they reach a balanced level. And at the same time, the person who was way down here, thinking that they were worthless, he starts being exalted, understanding that he was bought by the price of the blood of Jesus and that that person is loved by the Father. So it's only when we look into this mirror that's called God's Word that we understand that we have a balanced view of who we are and we can love ourselves not more than we should, not less than we should, but love ourselves because Jesus loved us. And I love what 2 Corinthians 3, 2 says. It says, the only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Apostle Paul's writing this. Listen, I don't need to know, I don't need to have a recommendation from somebody else. The only letter I need from you guys is you yourself. And then he goes on to say, your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. So I want, I want to leave that with you because when you go into the mirror, that's God's word, carefully, and you take time to see, and not just to see your condition, but to obey it. Because that's the second part. It does you no good to see and say, oh, look, I got to fix these things. Okay, I'll try. No, obey it. That's the second part. And then it actually says, at the end of verse 25. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard. Because sometimes we do it for a while, but then we forget. So it's talking about perseverance. So I have to look intently into the mirror. So go to the word of God. What does the word of God say I should do? How should I be? How should I treat others? What do I need to do in my life? How can I take care of my life so it's God pleasing? Then I'm going to obey it. And then I'm going to persevere in that obedience. And the Bible says, if I do all that, we get what all of us want. Then God will bless you for doing it. How many of you guys want to be blessed by God? Right? Don't we say that when we greet each other? Hey, God bless. We even say when we, when we sneeze, God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. We all want to be blessed by God. Well, there's a way to be blessed by God. And it's when you don't play with this and you take it seriously and understand that God loves you. He's not in this to point out your flaws or to project in the screen all the bad things you've ever done. He's not about that. He's just so you can know in the secret that you're loved, that you don't have to keep going through life trying to be somebody that you're not or trying to block things out instead of giving them to God and being healed so that God could start working in you because his purpose is for you to bless multitudes as well but he can't he can't use you to, to bless other people if your heart is still sick if your heart is still hurt so 
what I think the Holy Spirit wants to do today is I think he wants us to be able to expose our heart and stop trying to adapt. Stop trying to avoid. Stop trying to pretend I'm somebody else and just look intently into the mirror, into the law, the perfect law, so that we could be transformed. How many say amen? Stand on your feet, please. I want to pray for you guys. I don't know how many of you really looked at yourself today. I don't know how many of you guys were, or who from this crowd and those that are watching us really were brave enough to say, listen, I'm going to look at myself today. Because it, it does you no good just to come here and just keep being the same person. The Bible says that, Apostle Paul wrote this, that the kingdom of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just talk. That's how we started today, right? It's not just talk, but what? But power. Oh yeah, Pastor, but I, there's nobody. I've tried to change so many times that it's impossible. No, it's not impossible. You haven't, got, you haven't given God a chance. Because what you can't do in your own power, what, you, what no system or program out there can do, God can do. The only thing it takes is looking carefully into the law, the perfect law. Not a law that binds, not a law that burdens you, but a law of liberty. A law that if you follow what God wrote in this book for you, you're going to be set free day by day. And maybe that means that tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're going to start reading about how you should never let the sun go down before you forgive somebody that did something bad. And you're like, God, but I'm the type of person that I need 30 days to start even thinking about forgiving somebody. And God says, yeah, but look carefully into the mirror. You want to live in freedom? Because every, every day that you go to sleep without forgiving somebody that offended you, all you're doing is your heart's getting colder and your heart's getting colder and 30 years can pass and by not forgiving that person the only person that keeps getting messed up day by day is you because you have a heart that's unhealthy it hasn't been healed but when you forgive a person even though that person doesn't deserve or did something wrong doesn't mean that you know you're justifying what that person did by just forgiving that person you're set free that ball and chain that you were carrying for all that time, cut. Maybe it's not forgiving. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's lying. Maybe there's people here that have tendencies to lie. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's drugs. I don't know. Maybe it's things that you do in the secret and nobody knows and, and you want to be set free. Well, the Bible says you look intently to the law that's perfect and obey and persevere in that obedience God will bless you how many of you guys believe that God wants to bless us I believe that in heaven right now if we could see a picture of God he's cheering he's cheering you on he's like come on what's keeping you from reading this book what's keeping you from waking up a little bit earlier and you don't have to read five chapters a day just just start reading in John and start reading about Jesus and and just read a little bit but ask God how can I apply this to my life what are you trying to tell me how does this apply to me because this word is alive you read it and it changes you from the inside out 
Look carefully. JTP Church, if there's one thing you're going to take today, look carefully. Don't, don't just browse. Don't just, oh, uh, whenever I have time or, oh, when we're in life group, uh, yeah, I'll read one of the verses. Or, no, no, wait, wait. Look carefully. That, that means it demands a determination, a commitment to say, I'm going to pencil this in in my agenda just like you pencil in your dates and just like you pencil in everything else you do. Or I got to study this time or I got to do this or I got I to gotta cook for my family. I got to, just like you pencil in everything, pencil in God's word. Say, I'm going to detail. What do you want to speak to me, God? And when you start doing that consistently and then obeying it, God's blessing is going to follow. It's going to follow. And you're going to, and you're going to persevere in that. And it's not just going to bless you because God's blessing is too big to keep. It's going to start blessing you and then it's going to start pouring out into what we're going to speak about next week. Loving others. You can't start loving others if you don't love yourself. You can't love others and lead others to Jesus and experience the grace when you yourself are hiding from it. And you're adapting or you're, you know, you're trying to put up a front and I'm this person here when I come to church but then when I'm somewhere else I'm different and, and you're only fooling yourselves so I want to pray today I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes this is a very intimate message a message that might have confronted you and I understand that but if God's spoken to you one way or another and you want to make a decision today to say God look I don't want to keep on avoiding myself I want to confront who I am and I realize that I messed up we all are we're all flawed but God I want to start today getting back to where I should and it's never too late because thanks to the grace of Jesus Christ thanks to that bloodshed on Calvary I have an opportunity to start fresh today no matter how messed up my life has been or is till this day I can start again but I don't want to keep on wasting time I want to start looking intently and carefully at that mirror so if that's you i want you to raise your hand if you're ready to make that commitment today so god can see it every eye closed if god has spoken to your life and you want to start today to make that decision to say i'm going to start reading the word intently god forgive me because i was just glance at your word every so often come on Maybe there's some Christians here that have been Christians for a long time, or, but you just glance. It's like, oh yeah, I already know. I check off. I've done that. Yeah, I know. I've heard that preaching before. I've heard that. I've heard PJ say about that. But are you looking yourself intently and carefully at that mirror? If not, your hand should be up and saying, God, forgive me. Because from this day on, I want to not only look carefully into that mirror, that's your word, look carefully into that perfect law, but I also want to start obeying. I want to start obeying and persevering in it. Father God, I pray that you see every single hand of valiant and brave people that today made one of the hardest decisions that sometimes we have to make in life. is to be honest with ourselves and look at ourselves, God. And I thank you, God, for their desire and their willingness to do so, God. And I pray that your Holy Spirit right now gives them the strength so that they may so that they may reach this determination that they're committing to God. I pray that from this day on, 
that they never again take lightly what your word has to offer. God, that we would understand that the same way we need to look at ourselves in the mirror to get ready to go to work or to go to school or to start our day. God, we need, there's another mirror that we need to look into every single day. And we have to look at it intently and carefully. And then obey God when you tell us, listen, this doesn't look good. And when we think we're fine, but your word confronts us and tells us, look, this, this is not good. Father, for us to have the humility to say, God, help me. I want to change this. I want to stop being so angry. I want to stop snapping at people. God, I want to, I want to stop lying. God, I want to stop doing this. I want to stop putting up a front. I want to help me, Holy Spirit. And pray, God, that as we obey, and as we persevere in that obedience, God, that the blessing that you promised in your word will reach our lives. And it will be so great that we'll have to give it away, that we'll have to share it with others, God. Help us and teach us how to love ourselves the right way so that we can love others. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together. We celebrate all the people that today made that decision to look at themselves and say, man, if there's things that I need to change, I am willing to do it. It takes bravery.